Welcome, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. This is Brother Jimmy Fortunato, and you're listening to a sermon from the Pilgrim Baptist Church in Tennessee. For more information about our church, please visit us on the web at pilgrimbaptist.church. This message will be two parts. We're going to look at the birth of Christ, the last two messages for this month. We'll be talking about genealogies, John chapter number 8. You'll get half the message this morning. You can get the second half tonight at 6 p.m. If you cannot make it, they will be on the internet. John chapter 8, verse number 12, the Bible says, Then Jesus spake again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. The Pharisees. Therefore said unto him, Thou bearest record of thyself, thy record is not true. Jesus answered and said unto them, Though I bear record of myself, yet my record is true. For I know whence I came and whither I go, but ye cannot tell whence I came or and whither I go. Ye judge after the flesh, I judge no man. And yet if I judge, my judgment is true. For I am not alone, and I am but, but I and the Father that sent me. It is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. I am one that bear witness of myself, and the Father that sent me beareth witness of me. Then said they unto him, Where is thy Father? Jesus answered, You neither know me nor my Father. If ye had known me, ye should have known my Father also. These words Jesus spank, spake, these words spake Jesus in the treasury as he taught in the temple, and no man laid hands on him, for his hour was not yet come. Then said Jesus again unto them, I go my way, and ye shall seek me, and shall die in your sins. Whither I go, ye cannot come. Then said the Jews, Will he kill himself? Because he saith, Whither I go, you cannot come? Now check this out. And he said unto them, Ye are from beneath. I am from above. Ye are of this world. I am not of this world. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Help it to be clear, understandable, and edifying to your saints. Pray that it be do a good job as your word is proclaimed. Jesus' name, we pray, amen. All of that, and Jesus has to tell them, look, you just don't get it. That's me, that's you. I'm from above, you're from beneath, you're of this world, I'm not of this world. There's a huge, huge separation between who God is and who we are. And that difference is enormous. So why would the origin be any different? He didn't come into this world like you and I came into this world. It was completely different. It was miraculous. And this is why people want to deny in their heart of hearts, they want to deny a virgin birth. Why? Because they want to shorten this gap of difference between them and God. It's hugely different. It's vastly different. And people want to shrink it down. 
And any way they can do that, they will. It's an attempt to make God closer to them than they are. Now, we got two accounts of Jesus' genealogy. And we're going to look at some of the skeptics. We're going to answer some of the skeptics' questions tonight and this morning. In Matthew's account, you have the genealogy of Joseph, his earthly father who raised him, or his stepfather, if you would call him that. Luke's account, we have the genealogy of Mary, who was the earthly mother of Jesus. It's the human genealogy of Christ. Luke's gospel shows the humanity of Christ. Let's get Matthew chapter 2. Who was Matthew written? Whom was it written to? It was written to the Jews. Matthew was to show that Jesus Christ was the King of the Jews. Matthew chapter 2, look. Matthew 2, 2. Where is he that is born King of the Jews? We have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. All right, that's Matthew. We see Joseph mentioned in Matthew more than Mary. Go back to Matthew 1. Look at verse number 20. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. We see what's going on in Joseph's head. That's why he says, while he thought on these things. Who does the angel of the Lord appear to? In Matthew, Joseph. So in Matthew, Jesus appears as the Messiah. We have a genealogy from Abraham to Joseph. All the predictions, all the promises concerning the Messiah are fulfilled in Him. That's Matthew, written for the Jews. Show Jesus Christ as the King of the Jews and the Messiah. Luke chapter 4 and Luke chapter 22. Let's get those two passages. Luke, we'll get chapter 4 and 22. But Luke shows Jesus as the Son of Man. As a 100% living, breathing person. A few examples of that. Look at Luke chapter 4. We see the humanity of Christ. Verse number 2. Luke 4.2 Being forty days tempted of the devil, and in those days he did eat nothing, and when they were ended, he afterward hungered. Well, God doesn't hunger, but someone who's a man does. So we see the humanity of Christ here. 100% man. At the same time, 100% God. Luke 22. Luke 22, 44. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat was, as it were, great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Another example, not only did he hunger, but in an agony he prayed. 
That's Luke. Matthew, King of the Jews. Jesus is the Messiah. Luke showing Jesus as the Son of Man. And also we see in Luke, Mary is more at the forefront. And we look at these genealogies. So again, Luke, Jesus appears as the Son of Man. He redeems mankind. Jesus came to save sinners. That's why the genealogy runs from Adam, who is the head of the human race, and who we are all dead in sins by. And we see this relation between the first Adam, where we all died, right? We see this relation. There's a first Adam, and then there is a second Adam. So Luke is the Son of Man. All right, let's get Isaiah chapter number 7. There were two requirements for kingship. Isaiah chapter number 7. Let's get that. These requirements were put in place after Solomon died and the kingdom was split. The kingdom is divided. Why was the kingdom divided? People have forsaken God. They didn't want to walk in God's ways. The first requirement has to do with the southern kingdom, Judah, with Jerusalem as its capital. What's the requirement? Must be a descendant of David because no one can sit on David's throne unless he was of the house of David, right? But there was a conspiracy. Remember we talked about that last one of these Sundays? But this conspiracy had to do to do away with the house of David. So let's check it out in Isaiah chapter 7. Look at this. Isaiah chapter 7, verse number 5. Because Syria, Ephraim, and the son of Ramaliah, watch this, have taken evil counsel against thee, saying, let us go up against Judah, that's the southern kingdom, and vex it, and let us make a breach therein for us, now watch it, and set a king in the midst of it, even the son of Tabiel. So God warns later that any conspiracy to do away with the house of David is going to fail. So the first requirement had to do with the southern kingdom. Must be a descendant of David because no one can sit on David's throne unless he was of the house of David. Matthew chapter 1. There's a second requirement. First one, house of David. This second requirement had to do with the northern kingdom, Israel, with Samaria as its capital. This requirement must meet the prophetic requirement. And it was by divine appointment. So we said all that so far to say that there's two requirements. Have to be in the house of David. It's prophetic in nature, so it has to meet the divine appointment. 
Look at Matthew chapter 1. Look what it says. Let's go down to verse number 5. And Salmon begot Boaz of Rahab, and Boaz begat Obed of Ruth, and Obed begat Jesse, and Jesse begat David the king, and David the king begat Solomon of her that had been the wife of Urias. Now we see in Matthew chapter 10 and in Matthew chapter 15, Jesus it talks about what? He came to save the lost sheep of the house of Israel, right? He did. But who else did He come to save? Well, these women that are listed are all non-Jewish women. Tamar, verse 2, Abraham begat Isaac, and Isaac begat Jacob, and Jacob begat Judas and his brethren. I'm sorry, verse 3, and Judas begat Pharaoh, and Zarah of Tamar, and Pharaoh begat Esram, and Esram begat Aram. Go all the way down. Tamar, Rahab, Ruth, Bathsheba, all non-Jewish women. Did Jesus come just to save the lost sheep of the house of Israel? Or did He come to save Gentiles too? Right? But there's something else Jesus came to save. That would be sinners. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Tamar, incest. Rahab, prostitution. Bathsheba, adultery. These women are listed not only as non-Jewish women, but they're also listed as some of the worst sins that can be committed. That gets rid of a lot of excuses that people have. Oh, God will never take me. Have you ever read the Bible? <laughs> God took a lot of people. And He's still taking a lot of people. We can't forget that. Christ Jesus came in the world to save sinners. Don't you, though, tend to forget it when you've been in church for so long? And I know people who were raised in church, praise the Lord, they never, they never had a, a drop of liquor touch their lips. They never had a breath of marijuana gum into their lungs. Praise God. They knew what it was like to grow up and having a loving Sunday school teacher. Don't you wish all kids could grow up like that? Praise God. That's, that's, isn't that what we're shooting for? <laughs> but that doesn't always happen, does it? Because the ideal isn't reality for everybody. But God came to save the worst of sinners. And this is what we get out of the Matthew genealogy. Jesus didn't just come to save the lost house, the sheep lost house of Israel. He came to save all mankind, Jews and Gentiles alike. Amen. Amen. Okay, now what else do we have in the Matthew genealogy? The Matthew genealogy, it breaks with tradition by skipping more names. It traces the line of Joseph. Now watch, in verse number 2, watch who it starts with. 
It starts with Abraham. Abraham begat Isaac. Isaac begat Jacob, and Jacob begat Judas and his brethren. Now watch. Go down to verse 6. Who do we have? And Jesse begat David the king. And David the king begat Solomon of her that had been the wife of Uriah. So it starts with Abraham. Down verse 6, we get to David. And look which one of David's sons was chosen in the Matthew genealogy. Verse number 6, we'll look at it again. David the king begat Solomon. So David's son Solomon is now chosen for this Matthew account. But now watch when we get down to verse 11. And Josias begat Jeconias and his brethren about the time they were carried away to Babylon. And then from Jeconiah, go to verse number 16. This is how we get to Joseph. And Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who was called Christ. This is an overview of this Matthew genealogy. Traces the line of Joseph. Starts with uh, Abraham. Verse number 6, we get to David. Verse number 6, which one of David's son is chosen? Solomon. From Solomon, we get to Jeconias in verse number 11. And then Jeconias gets us to Joseph in verse number 16. Joseph was a direct descendant of David. Everybody with me? Right? We got a problem. Through Solomon, great. But also through Jeconiah. So we got a problem. Here's the problem. Jeremiah 22. Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Jeremiah 22. Jeremiah chapter 22, we'll start at verse number 24. Jeremiah 22, verse number 24, As I live, saith the Lord, through Coniah. That's Jeconiah. Right? Coniah, just same name, shortened. But Coniah is Jeconiah. As I live, verse 24, saith the Lord, through Coniah, the son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, where the signet upon my right hand, yet would I pluck thee thence. And I will give thee into the hand of them that seek thy life, and into the hand of them whose face thou fearest, even into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and into the hand of the Chaldeans. And I will cast thee out, and thy mother that bare thee, into another country where you were not born, and there ye shall die. But to the land whereunto they desire to return, thither shall they not return. Is this man, Coniah, a despised, broken idol? Is he a vessel wherein is no pleasure? Wherefore are they cast out, he and his seed, 
and are cast into a land which they knew not. O earth, 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 hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, write ye this man childless, a man that shall not prosper in his days. Now watch. For no man of his seed shall prosper sitting upon the throne of David and ruling any more in Judah. So we got a problem. Messiah has to be born in the house of David, right? But he's also got to be free from the curse of Jeconiah that we see in Jeremiah chapter 22. Uh-oh. So what do we have in Matthew's genealogy? Was Joseph a blood relative to Jeconiah? He was. Was he a descendant of the house of David? He was. But you see where we got the problem. So this means he was not qualified to sit on David's throne. Hmm. Interesting. Because no flesh and blood son of Joseph would have throne rights to the throne because of Jeconiah's curse. Even if Joseph, by adoption, it still wouldn't give him throne rights because Joseph didn't have any throne rights. Which, isn't that the whole point of Matthew's genealogy? To show why Jesus could not be king if he were the flesh and blood descendant of Joseph. But guess what? He's not the flesh and blood descendant of Joseph. The purpose wasn't to show his royal line because his royal line was through Mary. That was the royal bloodline. Matthew tells me and proves to me the need for the virgin birth. That's the point. The virgin birth. That's why we need a virgin birth. That's why we have a virgin birth. It's the whole point. And it's the solution to the Jeconiah curse. These critics can't outthink God. <laughs> they can't. Matthew shows perfectly that if Jesus was Joseph's flesh and blood, he could not claim throne rights. But Jesus is not Joseph's flesh and blood son. He was born of a virgin and there was no curse that rested on that. So the curse did not affect Jesus' legal claim to the throne at all. Praise the Lord. Okay. Haggai. Go to, go to Malachi, the last book in the Old Testament, and you go back two books. And then we'll find the book of Haggai. 
Here's something else that's interesting. Haggai chapter number 2, one verse. Haggai chapter 2, verse number 23. The Bible says, In that day, saith the Lord of hosts, will I take thee, O Zerubbabel, my servant, the son of Shealtiel, saith the Lord, and will make thee as a signet, for I have chosen thee, saith the Lord, of hosts. Zerubbabel, watch this. If he's a type of Christ, watch this. It says, and will make thee as a signet. Well, make thee as a signet a signet is conferring authority. That's what a signet is. Zerubbabel is a type of Christ. That's the Lord Jesus Christ being conferred all authority and all rule from God the Father. Well, how could Zerubbabel be a type of Christ? He brought the, uh, Zerubbabel brought the people back and delivered them from Babylon. Guess what Christ does? He delivers us from sin and death. Zerubbabel built the temple. Guess what Christ builds? The church. Zerubbabel protected the people against those that hindered the building of the temple. Guess what Christ does? He protects the church. Hebrews 1 and Romans 8. Let's see this. Hebrews chapter 1. Romans chapter 8. Christ as the signet in the hand of the Father. Look what Hebrews 1 says. This signet, God impressing His own image, the signet, conferring all authority. Hebrews chapter 1, verse number 3. Who? Being the brightness of His glory, and watch it, the express image of His person, and upholding all things by the word of His power, when He had by Himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. The express image of His person. Is there any difference between God the Father and Jesus Christ? One. In three. Three in one. The express image of His person. God impressing His own image. Christ as the signet in the hand of the Father. Now Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, verse number 29. Romans 8, 29, the Bible says, it's a good verse, for whom He did foreknow, He also did predestinate 
to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. Those of us who are in Christ, that's what we're called to be conformed to. The image of His Son. The signet of His Son. We're supposed to look like Christ. We're supposed to live like Christ. Taking on the body of flesh. This signet. It's called a signet in His humanity. So we see Jesus Christ coming in a body of flesh. That body of flesh, that was His human form. Taking on a body of flesh was the humanity of Christ. If this Zerubbabel is the type of Christ, and it's the signet, it releases the Jeconias curse, and Jesus still has throne rights. Either way you want to preach it. These skeptics aren't talking me out of the Bible, and I'm not going to allow them to talk anybody that comes here out of the Bible. They're dead wrong. We got a virgin birth any way you try to critique the Bible. It works. It works. Now we're going to look at part two tonight, which I think is really, really cool. But we're going to finish here. Jesus is the descendant of David according to the flesh. Psalm 89. Let's get Psalm 89. Psalm 89, verse number 3, I have made a covenant with my chosen. I have sworn unto David my servant. Thy seed will I establish forever and build up thy throne to all generations. Selah. It's a kingdom that's not going to have any problems. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Everything that's going on right now in our country, everything that's going on around the world, it's all going to go away someday. Because we have Jesus as our King. And He's going to rule righteously. His kingdom will be established forever. They can vote people in and vote people out. Jesus isn't getting voted out. Psalm 89, let's go over to verse 34. And we'll read a few verses. My covenant, Psalm 89, verse 34, will I not break nor alter the thing that is gone out of my lips. Once have I sworn by my holiness that I will not lie unto David. His seed shall endure forever and his throne as the sun before me. It shall be established forever as the moon and as a faithful witness in heaven, Selah. Praise the Lord. Alright, three more passages of Scripture. And then we'll close for this morning. Please come back for part two tonight. Romans chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 2.
Romans chapter number 1, look here. Verse 1, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God, which he had promised afore by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. Verse 3, concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, which was made, excuse me, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh. That's Jesus and his humanity. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse number 8. We'll see it again. Remember, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 8, that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel. That's 2 Timothy chapter 2. Last verse, Acts 13. Acts chapter 13. Verse number 22. And, let's see, I got that. 13. When he had removed him, he raised up unto them David to be their king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after mine own heart, which shall fulfill all my will of this man's seed, hath God, according to His promise, raised unto Israel a Savior, Jesus. Jesus, as a descendant of David, according to the flesh, came as a virgin to save not only the lost sheep of the house of Israel, not only non-Jewish women or non-Jewish people or Gentiles, but all sinners everywhere. We can get around the Jeconiah curse two ways. We have a virgin-born Savior, a royal bloodline, and He's came to save the world. Let's make that known. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for Your Word. Help us to be a light to this lost and dying world. Lord, we pray that our church would grow. Lord, we pray Your, your guidance over all of us. Lord, we pray You give the men of the church wisdom. We pray the men of the church can learn and study and be able to teach the Bible as good as anybody. Lord, we thank You for the women of the church. Help them to have a desire to want to teach the little ones. Help them to have the desire to want to learn Your Word more so they know it as good as anybody knows it. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks a bunch for listening. For more information about Pilgrim Baptist Church, be sure to visit us online at pilgrimbaptist.church where you can also send me a personal message or learn more about joining us for a church service. And remember, Christ is all.